The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 73 of the Latter-day Lives podcast, my name is Sean Rapier. I'm your host. Super excited. We've got such a great show for you uh, this week. Uh, before we get into the conversation, I do want to remind everybody that we are off for the next three weeks. So the next three Mondays in a row, which is, uh, I believe, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, and then that first week in January, we will not have episodes out. Uh, and then we will be back with some really, we've got some fun guests lined up. I do want to thank a few of you who uh, reached out this past week and said, hey, we'll survive, but it's going to be rough. Oh, I so appreciate it. It's kind of weird for me. The The idea of taking three weeks off uh, seems like a lot, but uh, I'm sure we'll all be so busy with Christmas and New Year and so much going on. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, my guest this week in the conversation is Carrie Ann Hoops, and you are just going to be blown away by her energy, her enthusiasm, her faith. Carrie Ann Hoops is one of those people who, to meet her, is to just love her. She is just such a good example of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ and such a talented photographer and and just an amazing woman of faith, and I'm excited for you to hear her story. And this week in my Latter-day Life, I'll tell you about the one person I can always count on at Christmas. It's all coming up. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And it is my pleasure to have today in the Latter-day Lives studio a very talented artist. And this is someone with whom I have been trying to connect for a long time. This is at least, what, the fifth or sixth time we've tried to connect? At at least. Because you travel, you don't live here in Utah, but you come out here all the time. Uh But unfortunately, I'm gone so often when you're here. So it's very exciting. And by the way, last episode of the year. This is it. What? This is the last episode. That's awesome. Now we're taking taking three weeks off. So this is it. So we got to remember to talk about Christmas and all that stuff. But Carrie Ann Hoops is my guest. Carrie Ann, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to hear about your life because I know you've got a lot of cool stories to tell. But first of all, tell us a little bit about where you're from and kind of how you grew up. So, uh, well, I, I'm now I'm married. I've got three teenagers. I have a return missionary who just returned and awesome. two other teenagers that are just the light of my life. I've been married 20 years to Dave, my sweetheart who, uh, shortly after I joined the church, I met him and we married and I grew up in Oceanside, California and, uh, as a Catholic and just, loved being down there. In fact, we were just talking before the show here how much we love the cold. Both of us love the cold. Yeah, I'm down in Oceanside a lot. I mean, I'm down in San Diego quite a bit. And you know, it's fun, one of those funny things that you, the older you get, you realize you didn't appreciate how yeah. much you loved it. And and I just, and I loved it. I love the beach. But so I grew up down there Catholic, um, went through all the steps, went through, you know, catechism and uh, confirmation and, and went with my 
my grandparents to to church later on in life. I would attend with them and drive them to church and yeah, uh, fun memories. Fun memories. You know, it's interesting. I grew up uh, in Northern California, but I grew up with a lot of Catholic friends. Mm-hmm. And so I would go to their First Communion. I'd go to, you know, they'd come home, they'd tell me about their catechism. And, you know, it's the same things as when, you know, we'd talk about him 12, I'm getting the priesthood yeah. or whatever, you know. Or going to I mutual. Mean, or, yeah, yeah, all of these same things. Same and so things. I actually went to some of their some of uh, their activities. And I think that that's great to see the other cultures. I'm sure it gives you a different appreciation for the gospel than a lot of people have. Well, I think when you're on the other side of things, you appreciate and are more, I feel like I'm much more compassionate to being open to other beliefs. Sure. And to be cultured like that and to understand. I mean, that's part of, I think, mankind and human nature to understand each other. Yeah. And we're not all the same. And that's a good thing. How old were you when you found the church? So I was 16. Um, I had a high school teacher that inter- that invited me to go to the San Diego Temple open house. Wow. And to walk through. And uh, she had she was one of those teachers in your life. Her name's Allison Fellers. She, she still is a light in my life that completely changed my life for the good. But she inter- she just said, let's go down. We walked through the temple. And as we were walking out, she knew I, she's explained to me since then. She could tell that the spirit had touched me. But when I walked out, there's two entrances going into the San Diego temple and above it, it says holiness to the Lord. And there was a moment and I remember it as though it was yesterday where I turned around and I looked back and I saw that it said holiness to the Lord. And I didn't understand why I had this prompting to turn around Mm. and I apologize. And, um, Not at all. And I remember just thinking, I'll never be able to come back in here. And with that prompting, opened up questions. How do I get back there? How do I get back to feel what I felt as we walked through the temple? And and the rest was history. I was given a Book of Mormon and uh, first discussion. And a few weeks later, I was baptized. So did you actually get the Book of Mormon there? From the missionaries there? Nope. But did you, you just said, I'm open to talking to the missionaries? Yeah, well, not really. What happened was the question started flowing and she invited me just a few months later, she invited me, her brother and sister went on their missions and it was a double farewell. Oh, wow. Cool. And of course I had a thousand more questions. I was already stuck. Like we would talk about it, but she gave me a book of Mormon and a couple weeks after that I had just... There was something again that kind of prompted me, like I need to find out. So then it was about a year later from the time I went to the temple, it was about a year later till I joined. But from the, when I read through first Nephi, I was baptized. I read that in one night and, um, this is a funny story. I, it was the night before my senior year and you know, those feelings of like, I gotta be a big person. Like I gotta get big girl pants on and (laughs) get a job and survive and big time. And I was cleaning things up and I came across this Book of Mormon with her testimony in it. Her wow. name her name is Allison Fellers and she <clears throat> she wrote her testimony and I read through first Nephi and I went to school the next day, very first day of my senior year, and I said, We gotta talk. And she wrote me a pass so that I, I didn't have to go to my first <laughs> like she okayed it with the office, so don't get her in trouble if you know, <laughs> if the high school district hears this. And, How cool. 
anyway, I was baptized three weeks later. That and is first, so amazing. My mom was amazing, and she, you know, trusted me. She knew that I was That was my next question. I mean, you're raised Catholic, yeah. you know, yeah. devout Catholic. You have four sisters. Mm-hmm. And so the whole family suddenly coming home at the time, hey, I'm going to be a Mormon. Yeah. I'm sure that must have been a shock to the system. I think so. But here's the thing is I, I've i always, since I was a little girl, um, I just lived a little different. I I just wanted to be different. And I think looking back on it, I just wanted to have a very clean life. You know, I, I just have an incredible family. But our lifestyles are very different. Mm. And and I'm grateful for that upbringing because yeah. it I I feel like I was always prepared. There was something oh, awesome. that so I don't honestly I don't think it was a huge shock for my mom because she's like all you know the missionaries had explained these are some of the things she's got to live by and she's like oh she already lives like that no worries I gotta say so, your mom has quickly become my hero like she's a good I'm woman. so impressed with your mom I mean first of all single mom my heart is always with single moms. They are the most amazing people. And then raising five daughters. Yeah. Amazing. And then to watch you go on this journey and to just, yeah, I support her. Like incredible. Just super She's cool. an incredible woman. And you know, I, I, there's been so many times in my life where I'm like, man, okay. I got that from her. <laughs> like she doesn't sleep. She, she works all the time. And we found out last week she's got breast cancer. And she yeah. is a fighter. And so, it, you know, it's just incredible because she's such a good woman, but such a good example to me. Yeah. And so although my life is different um, and I, I do different things, just like we all do. Sure. You know, she's a devout Catholic and yeah, just such a good woman. So, how, how did your siblings respond? You know, I don't really remember. Isn't yeah. that funny? A lot of it is kind of a blur. I, they've we've always had a good relationship, yeah. and as we've gotten older, our relationship is just stronger, and we just love each other in our differences. Yeah. They're so each of us. You would not believe that we're all sisters because we just are all so different. But I'm. We get together, and it's like we're twelve, and we're <laughs> you know you want to pee your pants laughing because we can't uh, even breathe uh, from giggling. I love that so yeah. Much. So it's it's fun to see that. So I, I honestly cannot remember any of it because they were younger. I was I was seventeen, yeah. and you know, so I they were all teenagers and going different ways. And I think I was very you know at the time I'm working a couple jobs and joining this new church, which we know in the church it's not a Sunday activity. No, it's a life. <laughs> this is a life, and so you change kind of. Everything. And so I kind of like, I got into seminary right away. I mean, I threw myself completely in. And, and one of the fun things, which I didn't remember till recently, a friend of mine, uh, Mark Preston, was one of our, he lives here, he lives in Orem. He was one of the missionaries that taught me the discussions. Oh, wow. Our daughters happened to be at EFY last year together no way. and met each other. Ugh. And so he, they took a picture and sent it home. And he goes, that looks like Carrie Ann. <laughs> and so he messages me, is this your daughter? And I said, yeah. That is And our friends, you know, how 20 some years later met. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so it was just so fun because he said, oh, it, we ran over to the house so he could meet my daughter. And he says, do you remember when you would do those new member firesides? And I said, no. And, you know, I'm 17. I did them for a year and I didn't even remember. I would go really? once a month to the mission president's home and talk about my conversion. And 
um, he said, gosh, I remember how many people would just remark on how young you were and change your life. But I honestly didn't feel like I changed that much. So that's amazing. I, I have two friends who both joined the church at about the same age that you did. One of them, he's like, everything was natural. Like everything was just, oh, of course I do that now. Mm-hmm. Of course that's how it is. I have another friend who every step was like, what? Wait a minute, I got to do that. <laughs> but for you, it sounds like it was pretty organic. It was very organic and very seamless. I I remember the one thing, um, you know, as I, I never had any word of wisdom issues. I, you know, nothing, no morality. I just never had issues was iced tea about two months before I joined the church. My stepdad, at that point, my mom was married, and and he would drink iced tea. And one time, he's like, just try it. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I tried it, and, and I remember thinking, oh, I can't drink iced tea anymore. But it was one of those things that I think was a test of faith, because I was already, yeah. there was nothing else. Like, I didn't, I, I felt very blessed and fortunate that, I was already prepared. That and that so was, awesome. I remember being very little going, I never want to smoke. I don't want to drink. I don't. And it was just not, you know, it wasn't like everybody in my life did that, but it was sure. just, I very young was very stubborn. You were already way. there. I was there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the church in California is so awesome because it's a very tight knit group. It's yes. not, it's not small, but it's not huge either. I right. mean, it's, you know, there are, it's one of those things. And and so did you kind of meet the rest of the crowd then at high school or did you already know them? <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, how do I say that? I, I knew that there were members of the church, but I didn't know who. Oh, interesting. And so when I went to seminary, yeah. It was like, you guys are all like me. Oh, you? You, you, you? too? This is awesome. <laughs> I love that. And so, you know, I it was weird because I was already at a stage in my life as a senior. I didn't, I, and I, I was a loner. I am a loner. I, I like to be by myself, and people are always kind of shocked by that because they think, that oh, you're so friendly. Me. Yeah, it always, but I'm happy to sit behind the camera, sit on my computer, edit a picture read the scriptures, read a good autobiography. Like Mm. I'm just not, I just, I I never really did the big crowd thing. And so I feel like I didn't really get into that. Like I just, I worked and I did school and I just was surviving to graduate. And so I didn't really associate. I did go to, I did go to the mutual and my bishop, Dirk Remsburg, um, he saw, you know, like, you know, we're going to pull her under our wing. And he hired me and I worked at his print shop for five years before I got married. So, you know, I had created kind of this new family as members of the church were, we're families, our ward family. We love each other. I had this work family. Um, it, it was just really real and organic like that. And so, but I don't feel like I opened up this new world. I just kind of knew people. I just didn't know that they were members of the church. Yeah. Go, going back to the San Diego temple, because uh, the San Diego temple was actually built when I was living in Southern California. In fact, really? originally my wife and I were living in Southern California. We were the LA temple district and we uh-huh. switched yeah. uh, while we were living down there to, to the San Diego temple district. That temple special. It and is. that temple, part of what makes it special is that the way it sits on the freeway, it actually... It almost sits on San Diego State's campus pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there. But but the way that it sits on the freeway, you come up around that bend and out of nowhere, boom. 
and it is unique among all temples in that it looks like an ice castle. It is the most beautiful building maybe on the planet. And I've been to a lot of temples. I have a special place in my heart for Oakland, but San Diego, we've been many times. And it is an incredible missionary tool. I Going down to San Diego, people find out I'm a member of the church. The number of times they'll ask me, oh, that big church on the hill. Mm-hmm. Is or that the castle your on the hill. Yeah, or, or your church's castle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been asked about the castle as well. And so people will ask me, and it's an incredible missionary tool because, you know, it's interesting. We went to the L.A. Temple uh, just a few weeks back. The L.A. Temple is beautiful, and it's on a much larger campus. Like it's, Yeah, it's much huge, larger scale but on it, top of that hill. Yeah, but it doesn't stand out quite as yeah. much. At night, that San Diego Temple, I mean, you talk about a beacon upon a hill. That is it. That is it. It is awesome. So, so you end up, you join the church, which is just unbelievable and fantastic story. By the way... If any of you listeners like me are sitting and thinking, yeah, I probably had promptings to invite somebody to something, yeah. <laughs> I would just put in a quick word for if you ever get to invite people, non-members to an open house, uh, I've been privileged to do that a few times. What a blessing it is. And they're always excited. And in fact, my whole company, I've probably had 10 people from my company ask me about the temple. Mm-hmm. And I've told them at some point there's going to be a time yep. when it will be closed. And then when it reopens, I'm taking you all. And you Bring them down to Mesa. Go a couple years. <laughs> I'll give them a yeah. VIP tour. Go through the Mesa temple. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so then at some point, I mean, wh- where does this take you? you you're, you're working for your bishop for a few years. Uh-huh. I, I need to know when you first picked up a camera and figured out, hey, I'm, yeah. I can do something with this. Well, you know, my sister Katie did it in high school, and I always loved it and, you know, kind of that creative process, but I just never thought it was for me and got married, moved to Rexburg, moved to Provo, and we had our first child. And I've always been a documenter. That yeah. I truly am a documenter writing. I've been a journal writer, mm. saving things, and I'm very visual. So like, you know, gotcha. I'm the one that has to write the, I, I, I don't use my Google calendar. I write everything <laughs> down because I'm visual. And my husband gifted me one the Christmas um, before our son was born. And I just kind of never looked back. I started, and I never had an intention to do it for other people, but to learn the creative process uh, immediately. I loved finding the angles, learning the light. That was back in 99. So 99, so you're shooting on film, or Uh, you're already shooting digital. You know, we did have a film, but I think it was my first digital that I received was 99. It was a little Nikon with a Carl Zeiss lens. Yeah, and it had this huge kind of memory thing. It wasn't film though, because I still have that camera somewhere in a box. Yeah. It was literally like I used that thing. I used that Nikon for, oh, till 06, till I, I just begged. One day I had borrowed a friend's camera. I took a picture of her family and I said, you know, I, there was something about it, that click and capturing this moment. I had captured this moment where that one of the kids was laughing mm. and it just touched my soul I, yeah. completely. And I thought, you know, I can do this. I see things visually. I think that some people don't pick up those details. Yeah. I and, don't, I'm not visual that way at all. And I, and yeah. And, and I didn't realize what a gift it was at that time until 
I begged my husband, can we take that tax return and get me a really, really good camera? And he said, yeah. absolutely. I never, you know, I'm just oh, one awesome. of those, I don't need things. And we bought it and I never looked back. That was it. You're it took smitten. me two years till I was willing to take money from people. Wow. And I just would do, I would just gift it. And I had a stake president while the, uh, and that's really where it took off. I was always doing families and portrait, never really got into weddings. I am now very heavy into it, but I had a stake president who said, sister hoops, do you have a picture of the Phoenix temple? I'd love to be able to share this, you know, with our stake. And, uh, I said, sure, I can do that. But you realize the, the Phoenix temple is like under lock and key security. You know, there, it, there was just a lot of issues with that. They were worried about with mm. vandalism. And so I went out there and climbed on top of my van and took a picture <laughs> and gifted that to the stake president. And we had tons printed for the stake. And was that the first temple you that, yeah. like went out and shot, like um, officially shot to officially shoot. But the first temple I ever shot was the San Diego temple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was my, my first of many's of there's lots of memories at that temple, but yeah. um, I, I, somebody actually asked me that and I couldn't remember. And so I went back through my files and it actually was San Diego was the first I had shot where I actually went to get like a good picture for yeah. my wall, Yeah, but not, not, just, not just to shoot it, and just we've all to shot take it casually yeah. when we've been there right. Whatever, like, but, Oh, let me take a cool picture. But there's a difference between a shoot uh-huh. and taking a picture. I yes. take pictures. You shoot. Yeah. I mean, the technical side of it yeah. where you're getting angles right and things yeah. lined up. But it, Phoenix was the one I sold 300 prints after the stake had given that. I sold 300 p- prints at a dollar a piece. This is what I made off those only to pay for just the processing. Yeah. Like, you know, the gas or the tax. Like, So how did that start? Because, I mean, again, this is one of the things that... You're so well known for. You're the temple photo lady. You're, like, you're so sweet. Awesome that way. Like <laughs> I am. I've looked through a lot of the shoots that you've done. It's incredible. You're so you capture kind. the soul of a temple. I take a picture of the temple, and it somehow ends up looking worse because <laughs> I tried to photograph it. I cannot. I'm not a visual person at all. Like so. Help me. Help me understand how you got started with this. You're selling. I mean, how did you go from? I'm going to take a picture because my stake president told me to, Mm -hmm. to now I'm selling photographs of the temple. Well, he knew I was a photographer. So technically I was already getting there and I look back on that, you know, I I was already working towards that, but I have no interest to photograph a bird or a landscape or a river or the ocean. So to shoot the temple, I thought, Hmm, I did it. And when I did it, I knew Oh, I could do this. Yeah. It was, it was that even though I had, you know, photographed other temples before that I knew. You definitely have a gift for temples. I will say you see temples because I look at your, I look at your images of temples and they are like my memory. Whereas I shoot pictures of the temple all the time. When I'm traveling, I go to the temple a lot. I like to take pictures of it. And then I take the picture and I go, huh, it's a building. And then I look at what you shoot and I go, oh, yeah, that's in my mind how it is. How do you prepare yourself to take these pictures? Or is it just business? Is well, it, how much of it's art? How much of it's business? Because it is your business. It's zero business for me. It's zero mm. business. It's, um, you know, when you were saying that, it's a memory. If I can capture for somebody their memory or haven't had the opportunity to go to the temple, if I can capture the essence of the spirit that the temple can bring into somebody's life, the way that that one little carving 
at the San Diego Temple did for me, then I've done my job. And so you ask how I prepare every time I think about that carving. Mm. And I've never shared that publicly. That is amazing. But I think about that moment when I turned around and I knew what that temple meant to me. And I knew that there was people across the world. I, and now it's, it's a different thing. You know, I have people email me. I just had one from Australia. Are you ever going to come and photograph, you know, Sydney and mm. these other Adelaide and all these other temples? And I said, yeah, sometime. But some people are not within. I'm, I'm within an hour of four temples. That is amazing. And some people sacrifice their lives. The stories of the Mesa Temple yeah. and people coming from South America and selling their homes and all their goods to just come get sealed. Isn't that amazing? If if I can get a picture of those memories for them, yeah, that's why I do it. That memory of what they felt. And for me, mm. it's about the memory of what you feel when you're there. Every time I go, whether I'm in the temple or I'm cleaning the temple or I'm photographing the temple, or I'm tending to the grounds and helping at an activity, I think of that meaning that it, it that one prompting turned my whole life around. And to photograph that and help somebody else that maybe they knew their parent, their grandparents were married. And I've, I, I just did this actually last Christmas. I'm not going to share her name, but she reached out and said, I don't have any money, but my grandfather just died. <clears throat> my grandparents were married in the Mesa temple. And they want something that looks old. Like I, I would love to give my grandmother like a vintage looking. And I thought, yeah, I don't really process my pictures that way, but I, I will do that for you. So let's work through this creative process of what you want it to look like. Not one to usually photograph the temple and then make it what they think it looks like. Yeah, I make it anyway. I kind of threw all those rules out and, and we went back and forth and she said, I want it to look older. And can you pull this tree out? And we did what she asked. I did what she asked. And I ended up gifting that image. I spent many, many hours on it and printed it out. And we sent it off to her grandmother and her grandmother wrote me the most incredible wow. letter. She, I think she thought I shot it a long time ago. Um, and I had just shot it, you know, a couple weeks before that. What an incredible gift that I could give of her remembering that memory yeah. of being married. They live in South America. So she incredible. has not been up to see the temple and the temple was getting, we knew, you know, the temple was being closed right. for renovations. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And for her to see that, and, and I've been to the grounds, the Mesa grounds yeah. and it's all different and it's going to look totally different. The water fountains are different. The, the pools are different. I was able to capture that so that she could have that memory. Yeah. And I went specifically for her. Oh gosh. What a neat work, which is kind of funny that, you know, there's, there's a great simile to you doing it by proxy when she couldn't and all that there's, I mean, that's the essence of the temple in and of itself, which is just amazing. I kind of got goosebumps as you were telling that story. I think to be able to share that, uh, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, what do you love most about temples? What do you, what's your, cause you're so passionate about temples. I am. What do you love the most? Um, I think I, I, there it's twofold being it for me, it's not business. People ask, Oh, your stuff is in Deseret book and you know, uh, Costco and you sell them in these things. That story right there is exactly what, why Yeah, I have the technical, I have the technical side to be able to photograph and do something to capture and remind this old woman who was married there, 
the temple is that powerful. Yeah. It is a place of learning and it's a place of of power to feel the priesthood power, to to feel those memories and to be able to capture that. Yeah. It's awesome. It for me is huge. And and so you asked, you know, is it business? It's not business. So, and when it becomes business, I won't do it. All right. So being that it's not business and I can hear it in your voice and your passion. But it also is a wonderful gift for people to be able to buy stuff. And my brain is Mm -hmm. so tiny that I'm going to forget at the end. (laughs) How can people find your photography? So I work for a company, um, Havenlight, who's actually my publisher. Uh, You can get it on havenlight.com. You can get it at my website at hoopsphotography.com. And then there's certain Deseret books where some of them are printed um, in publication there. Yeah, and that's H-O-O-P-E-S, which, uh, you know, could be Hoopes. I'm kidding. We were talking about that earlier on, how people mispronounce our names. <laughs> um, but uh, hoopsphotography.com. Yes. And it's just awesome. So people can find you there. And uh, link up with and- me. Link up because I can help you with that and find you. I, the thing is, I, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I'm 37. I shot 37 temples last year, just last year. And I think I've processed maybe one of those temples. I mean, maybe an image. So there's something you're looking for. <laughs> I probably have it. I just haven't like processed the images. And you shot 37 different temples last yes, year? Yes. 37 new last year. 37 temples. Yeah. How many temples? Do you know how many temples you've shot? I, you know, over? I knew you were going to ask that too. I think I'm at 62. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How often, how often when you go shoot a temple, are you able to do a session there? You know, it depends. Um, sometimes none. Yeah. So I, this, I have a friend, Alan Fulmer, who is another temp, very well-known temple photographer. We travel a lot together. And he and I and a friend of ours, AJ Baruka, did a five-temple, four-day trip. We did Washington, D.C. Wow. And then we drove over to New York City. We had an hour and a half at New York City. And then uh, we went to Philadelphia and then we went to Hartford, and then we went to Boston. I barely had time to go to the bathroom or eat yeah. because we were just on the go. And the goal was to shoot at the right time and, you know, the weather being permitting. And so when I can, I try to go early, even if I can just do some work in initiatories yeah. or something yeah. um, to serve. I, I've actually, this one time, I, I, I didn't have much time. And I said, I've got like 20 minutes. And they said, you want to go down to the laundry and and just serve down there and not do any? And awesome. I said, absolutely. Awesome. And so sometimes, not as much as I would like, especially when we're on those those you know trips like that. But the memories of that, I flew in to shoot the Washington DC temple. Yeah. And I'm also a church for the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. I am a missionary photographer and I got there and I knew one of the missionaries had been given an assignment to photograph the, the tree lighting. This was December of 2017. And he said, can you do me a favor? Can you get a picture, a really good picture of elder Bednar? Because I'm busy doing these other things. I'm in a BYU beanie a BYU t-shirt, a BYU sweatshirt. <laughs> and I think I had flip-flops on yeah. because that's just me in jeans. And I photographed him. Everybody else is in tuxes. And at that moment, I saw how all of my lives collided. You know, mm. my my calling, here I am on the other side of the country. Yeah. And I'm with an apostle. And 
I was there for one purpose, and that was to photograph the temple. And I didn't even photograph the temple much that night. And here you are photographing an apostle. Right. And that's and that's, awesome. yeah, it just, I, I, the blessings have come tenfold. So I really, sometimes it just doesn't work that I get sure. to do what I want. So I didn't get the night shot that I wanted. Yeah. But I was okay with it because I was prompted to do something else. Yeah. So I, I just want to put in a plug. I've been to all the temples you just mentioned, except for Hartford. I've never been to, to Hartford, but I've been to DC. I've been mm-hmm. to Philadelphia. I would say if you get a chance to travel and you can't do anything, go to the temple. Mm-hmm. I remember one night, Chicago, I got in at 10 p.m. and I realized I was two blocks from the temple. Wow. And I just walked down there and just stood there. Yeah. It was cold out, but I remember that night and was able to kind of pray and just stand there and just enjoy seeing it. And I think see just seeing the temple is just so powerful. There's something, there's a great power in temples. Um, I want to move on a little bit and ask about this calling. I, I had never heard of this missionary photographer. Like yeah. I had no idea. Tell us about your calling. Well, a few years back, uh, and I was up here for a meeting this week. So I just learned a little bit of this this week. But a few years back, the church kind of, uh, they cut down on their photographers because they try with there's ch- four official church photographers that travel the world. And that's their full-time job. That is their they full-time job. And But there's four of them. And they will get an assignment to like go with Elder Bednar. Yeah. I mean, on that assignment, he did not have a photographer with him. Gotcha. So the, you know, they, so they cut down and to cut that, you know, that part of the story short, they basically created, uh, we've all heard of, you know, the media library on LDS.org. Right, sure. It's called createmedia.lds.org. Mm. And they said, you know, we've got people with talents all over the world. Why don't we get missionaries? And so it, mine, because I'm a woman with somebody in my home under 18, I can only serve for 12 months at a time and then it's renewed. But other people, uh, like there's a lot of retired, um, Mm. people all over the world. There was about a hundred when I started and we're down to about 50. Is this something you asked for and applied for? It's just in, well, it's on the church service missionary thing. Go there. Yeah. Yeah, It's on the church missionary website. And so I had done, I've done so many different like things for the church or requests and things like that. Church news and things like that, where they'll need something. And I'm like, sure. And I just donate my time and give them the images. Yeah. And someone said, you've got to do this. And I, so I looked at it and I thought, I don't have time. I'm the young women's president. I, I can't do this. Anyway, everything went through. I didn't know it had been submitted. It went to the stake <laughs> president. I, I, It was so great. weird because I didn't know the process. Yeah. Long story short, I'm one of eight leaders now in the world that we have a team of photographers that are all over. And uh, we get assignments. Like Just for instance, most recently we had one for uh, just come follow me. Like photographing families that are cooking in the kitchen. That was one of them that we had that they're cooking in the kitchen. And then it's not just the simple shoot. There's all these parameters and the, you know, photo release and they've got to be wearing certain things and they've got to fit within the church standards of modesty. So you set it all up and everything like you're the art director. Yeah. The art You're you're everything Mm -hmm. like, holy cow. So they just give you the assignment. Yeah. And then the key is, you know, you, you don't, you can't submit two of the very similar, you got to be creative so you've got to, wow. 
It's a very creative process. And the funny thing is, it is so not how I photograph. I'm very much a photographer of memories and moments. Yeah. And so it was, I was like, I can't do this. My husband's like, you're a photographer. And I'm like, this is way beyond my skills. I cannot do this. And quickly, I just caught on and, and I enjoy it so much. And so, you know, I don't know how many times things have been shown, but there was this, sometimes it doesn't work out to be the set up photographs. So I was, I was photographing a family, um, and I'll have to tag it when you share this podcast, I'll tag this image. And I was just at a family shoot, um, it was like a, I want to say it was a 50th wedding anniversary. Anyway, the whole family had gotten together for the first time in like 10 years. And these two sisters were just laughing. And I took this shot. And when I took it, I thought, that's a, that's a great shot. Like I just knew this was three years before I was even a missionary photographer. Oh my gosh, how cool. So when I became, when I came on, I remembered that to put into my portfolio, I had remembered that image and that thing has been shared like 200 times. No The church way. has used it for uh, depression, for love, for sisters, for unity, for friendship. Yeah. It, it, they use it for all so these things. So they just tag it, put it in yep. the database, ta- and when yep. they search that's for exactly it, it right. pops up. And yep, that's it. So every once in a while, you open the end sign or whatever, uh-huh. and you're just, all the oh, time. there you are. Yep. There you are. So just a couple months ago, there was one of the temple, uh, of the Bountiful Temple, and and... I can tell you that Bountiful, we all, all temple photographers just get stumped by certain temples. Bountiful does not like me. It's always <laughs> under construction. It, the, the steeple for like a year. So I had a friend that I said, can I just have a shot of the steeple and I'm going to just Photoshop it and interpose it. I, that's what I did. Wow. And, and so I have gone, I cannot, I don't even know. I've lost count how many times I've gone to Bountiful and got nothing. Wow. And I got this one shot that I submitted to the church. It doesn't even have like the bottom part of the landscape. One of the worst case scenarios <laughs> in my portfolio. And they cropped it and put it in the inside. No. I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was there until a lady in my ward I love that. called and said, did you know that your picture's in the enzyme? And I said, no, it really is. I couldn't even find it because oh it did. They had, they had cut it because Carrie the whole Ann, bottom. It was hilarious. It was like a snow shot. So there was no vegetation. <laughs> and so they just cropped the top part of it. Anyway, and I'm credited for it. That's how she so, knew it was mine. So you probably have shots that you're like, this is the greatest shot yeah, I've ever taken. Please use this. <laughs> and then you've never seen it again. Never again. And here yeah. this cropped out, here it is, and everybody's gone, oh, okay. It's in that world of, you know, so what you see is really what you yeah. don't get. You oh, know? gosh. That so is it's, so it really funny. is an incredible, I, I had a meeting this week. I we have, a mo- we have a couple monthly meetings, and we talk about the church and what we should photograph. And then we go over the standards. We reiterate what's in the strength for you. What's in this amazing and fall within those guidelines. And so most recently I had the opportunity to photograph, um, for John Dye. He asked me to do light the world campaign. No, when the giving machines were, were unveiled in Gilbert. Yeah. And a couple weeks, I saw that you were there. Yeah. yeah, And a couple weeks before that I did the Desera industries opening. And so it, it's just exhilarating to like get all these mm. creative shots and then turn them over and donate your time doing something I love. Does it get any better? It it's really a dream. doesn't. It's a dream and it's a gift that will keep giving long after you're gone, you know, that you're able yeah. to leave this snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about, um, like I think about the Provo Tabernacle Yes, and how, you know, 
There were amazing, beautiful photographs of the tabernacle. Then it burned to the ground. Now it's a gorgeous temple. But it was those photographs. But thank heavens, because of the photographs. They were able to recreate that. And I've heard stories um, about that temple that there were incredible detailed shots that like they couldn't find certain blueprints and things like that, but they had photographs of certain nooks and crannies yeah. inside of the temple that they knew how that to they knew put how it to back rec- together. Yes. Uh, uh, that is, that is one of my favorite stories. And speaking of a powerful open house, we took our kids through there and one of my favorite experiences um, here on the show, two of my favorite, favorite guests, I don't have a favorite, but two of my favorites for sure have been Corey Andrews and Gainel and Condi, two people you know extremely well. well. Tell us about how you got involved in High Five Live. Well, Gainel and I have been friends for two decades. And so we we were in a ward at BYU when we were young, married, new moms. And we just have always stayed connected and always been friends and when she started writing after her sister's, you know, death and, and things really picked up, I helped push some of her books. I, she had gifted me a book and I read it and I, I was touched. Yeah. And, um, so we've been friends. She, I've seen her, you know, throughout the years, she was on high five live and she asked me to be a guest, um, talking about pretty much the same thing, conversion and being temple, you know, doing temple photography. And, uh, it, it was just incredible because shortly after, you know, I said, you know, anything, you know, I can do to help you, let me know. Corey and Dave Palmer reached out to me and said, we'd love for you to do our Temple Tuesday. Yeah. And I said, I'd be delighted. Tell us about Temple Tuesdays. So every Tuesday morning, uh, between 11 and 12, it just depends because the time change. Um, I I try to be on location at a temple. I try to get guests. So this is a shout out for you, Sean. When you're somewhere on a Tuesday, yes, we need you to do a temple Tuesday. Oh my gosh, I would so love to do that. Okay, I would love that. And so we love to find people. We've had them from all over. Just share a message. And I love to share a fact, like trivia facts, little details ab- about the temple. Yeah. Um, because there's people that will never, first of all, have the opportunity to attend a temple. Sure. Or feel the spirit of the temple of the grounds, like you had explained at Chicago, yeah. being able to just be there and feel that some people will never have that. So I want to bring that. I want them to yeah. see. Um, and so we we I we kind of share a little detail and then some kind of story that somehow connects to the temple. And I have three at, at this moment. I have three ladies that if I am five minutes late, they are like, <laughs> where's Temple Tuesday? Is it going to be on today? Oh, that's awesome. It's been so fun to connect with people and to have fans that watch, you know, and listen and somehow connect to these just awesome. stories. And so, and I do, I have a passion for the temple. I love it. So there's no greater fitting for me than the temple to do that. And so you're perfect for it. Oh, you're so you kind. see it so differently. I've watched temple Tuesday many times and it's just, it's so inspiring and so grounding. And if people want to follow high five live, go to Facebook, just search for high five live. You'll find it every single night. There's a devotional. I had to laugh I was with Corey two weeks ago. Um, at the even, Light the World campaign. Oh, yeah, at the Light the World thing, the, yeah. yeah. So we were there, and somebody walked up to him and said, man, that High Five Live thing you guys do is amazing. Do you really put one on every single week? <laughs> and the look on Corey's face, he goes, you know we do it every day, right? And they were like, no, you don't. And he goes, every day. Yeah, every, every day. day. It's amazing And what sometimes you guys twice do. a day. 
So Tuesdays, yeah. I'm on Temple Tuesday, and then in the morning, and then we've got it in the Your evening. Most one. of them are about yeah. 7 p.m. And then Gainolin is Women of Worth Women of on Worth Wednesday. Wednesdays, yeah. So we've got nine. And you know what's so fun about that is that I I've been in places most recently last week. Yeah. <laughs> I was cleaning the temple at the Gilbert Temple, and this woman came up to me. And I've been noticed in places like, oh, I recognize you from High Five Live, yeah, that sure. kind of thing. And I was in the temple and she's staring at me. And I knew like she knew me from somewhere. And so I just turned over and I said, how are you doing, sister? And she goes, you're on that TV show on Facebook. <laughs> I said, I am. <laughs> it was so great. And uh, she goes, oh, you live around here? Because I'm cleaning the te- you know my my local temple and Oh, she just connected up with me and is following. And it's just so fun to be yeah. a missionary this way. What you guys have created app. is unreal to me. Like, I am such a big fan. You have, A, you have amazing guests. Occasionally, you also scrape the bottom of the barrel. I've we been on love three times. You. <laughs> uh, I've had the, the, it's been my huge blessing and privilege to be on three times. And, and each of the three times has just been amazing. And now I've gotten to know the three of you. Pam, of course, grew up one street right. over from here. And you know Pam and as well. So I've known well, you're Pam a delight for on many there. years. You are a delight. I love doing it. I love it. And it's so fun. And you know, something that guests don't realize, everybody's nervous. I, we all get nervous going yeah. live. And if the equipment's going to work and all those things every single time everyone says i'm so glad it's over and thank you for letting me have that opportunity because they recognize that's their way to share their testimony so about maybe four four or five weeks ago pam called me up i was in my office in san diego pam calls me up and she goes can you do high five live in an hour we just had someone fall through whatever and that's this is the real time nature of high five Mm -hmm. live you guys are constantly producing it and I told Pam, I said, I can't. I said, I'm leaving my office. I have to leave in 10 minutes for a dinner thing. I said, but I could do it now. And she goes, now, now? And I said, like, literally, give me the access. I can start in two minutes. And I thought of something I've shared that I'd never shared on there. I went on two minutes later. That's that's what I love about High Five Live. Mm-hmm. Is it's, it's so, live. Yeah, it's not, it's not scripted and staged. Yeah. Just people sharing emotion. And I have cried a number of times and laughed out loud and just you guys are an amazing group well it is it. a constant where people you know life happens so people cannot do it mm-hmm. and um there you know it's just it's been really an incredible incredible creative process but trying to get people like i find myself all every single day I'm like oh that would be a great guess oh he'd be terrific <laughs> yeah but i very much follow the spirit as gainolin is very prepared she talks to her guests way ahead gets things and a lot of times i'm last minute like there's and because i've done that i have had where i've gone onto the temple this just happened at the gilbert temple uh my son is a temple worker cleaning the fountains and he clean he helps with the grounds since he returned um from his mission and i walked up and i was getting ready to do high five live and one of these guys was walking by and he saw that i had you know my phone and i had a tripod and he said oh are you doing a tv show and i said well, not I. We're on Facebook. I said, come over and just watch. Not that I want you to watch because it makes me nervous, but come see what we do. Yeah. And he said, well, what do you talk about? And I shared. And anyway, he ended up sharing the story with me, and he was one of the groundskeepers talking about just tending to the fountain. Oh my gosh! And what went into that? And I'm telling you, if I had had a guest, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. 
How awesome is So that? many times I've seen that happen. And I think that happens in our lives. When we listen to the promptings, when we follow the spirit, those things. And for me, I will tell you, they somehow always surround the temple. Somehow, Heavenly Father mm. knows I need that connection. It's a simple thing for me. That's how you're known, and that's how I think of you in in the most positive of ways. That's so kind. You're you're the temple lady. You're the amazing <laughs> temple lady, and I just think it's awesome. And kudos to your your husband and kids. And you sound like such an amazing. I mean, it's fun following you on Facebook and and just all the things that you guys do and all the joy that you bring to so many. It's just awesome. We're about out of time. I have two questions to finish, one that we ask all of our guests. But before that one, it's Christmas. We are into Christmas. I am not a photographer. I'm a horrible photographer. (laughs) I grab my iPhone and kind of just snap thinking I can edit later or whatever. Do you have any tips for the moms and dads out there that on uh, throughout the Christmas season? Do you have any tips for us on getting a decent shot for Christmas? That is such a great question. You know, I, the first thing I could say is just have your camera ready. Mm. Those moments are fleeting. And if you're not prepared for it, I always have a camera around me. There's always something to snap. And so, yeah, be, be present, be watching and document it. This is the beauty of digital photography is you can delete it. Yeah. (laughs) If it's just extras, you can delete it. But you, if you, if you're not ready, if you can't capture those moments when they're happening, it's not going to happen. And the second tip I have is from Becky Higgins. Um, she is a scrapbooker who I have loved and adored over the years. One night she had shared just on her Instagram story. Every night I try to take five minutes and delete pictures and organize. Mm. And I may be a photographer and I have lots of hard drives and they're all organized, but I just have too much. And that really stuck with me that if we daily just go through what we have, delete things out and clean it out, you won't be so overwhelmed by the amount of pictures you take, especially in the holiday season. And so I have lived by that. I I can't remember how long ago she shared that. I need to find out because I've shared that tip. That is golden advice. How hard is it when you climb into bed to just grab your phone and go through real quick and delete, delete? Okay, these two are very similar. I like this one better. And you're not so overwhelmed by the amount of pictures. And then to tag them. Yeah. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. if you can tag and well, something I'm a to make big, it a little bit so, searchable. Yeah, I'm a big search, a uh, uh, big social media. And my kids, I have one kiddo that just does not want to be on social media. And so he's very, very limited what I share. But that for me is the documenting scrapbooking process. Smart. is It's an easy way to just share that. And so whatever your process is, whatever is your way to save it and document it, yeah. to have that memory, do it. Do, you know, do something. Love it. But those, those memories need to be kept. Oh, I love this. I, Carrie Ann, I could, I could seriously sit and talk about all this stuff all day, but we're about at time. We're going to wrap up with the same question we ask every one of our guests. I'm excited to hear your answer for it. And that is, Carrie Ann, what does being a member of the church mean to you? It's everything. It's everything to me. I, you know, I think of how blessed I am to have the people that fell into my life at the right time so that I could find the gospel, so that my life could be changed for the good and that I could share my good with somebody else to just Mm. spread more goodness. Awesome. Daughter, sister, mother, wife, photographer, high five liver, and missionary for the church, doing so many awesome things in this world. 
Carrie Ann, thank you so much for sharing your Latter-day life with us. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for having me. And my thanks once again to my new friend, Carrie Ann Hoops. Uh, I was so blown away by her faith and her enthusiasm. She is just awesome. Go check out her artwork. Order some for your home. It's just amazing, the photography that she does. Just beautiful. Uh, This week in my Latter-day life, I had something kind of surprising happen. Last night, I got a text from one of my older daughters letting me know that because of some scheduling and some other things going on, that she was probably not going to be able to come by on Christmas Day. She'd stop by on Christmas Eve, but uh, just wanted to let me know she probably couldn't be here Christmas Day. And at first I thought, oh no, what are we going to do? Because uh, if I go back to, let's see, we adopted the first two kids, well, 21 years ago. Every single Christmas that we've had since then, we've had every one of the kids here, at least at some point, usually first thing in the morning, of course, when they were all little, but even older. A lot of times they come spend the night. All my kids right now, they're all single. Uh, So they'll come spend the night or they'll come over during the middle of the day, whatever. But I've seen all my kids every single Christmas. And I sadly texted back and said, okay, you got to do what you got to do. And, uh, but in my heart, I was sad. And I started thinking back, you know, how crazy it is uh, every single year, all of my kids. And then I went back before that. We had a couple of years where it was just me and my wife, but I've been with her for every one of those Christmases. And then I go back and it was my mission. And then I go back before then. And it was times with my parents, how I spent every Christmas with my parents. Now, my parents have served a mission and whatnot. I don't see them every Christmas. I'll see them this Christmas. But when I go back a little bit further than that, I think about my grandparents, and especially my Nana, my grandmother on my dad's side, and how Christmas was just not Christmas until I got to see her. And now she's gone. And I think back to when I was younger, spending Christmas with my brother, who has now passed away. And Christmas meant certain things each of those years. And Christmas was my family. I was a kid. We got gifts, and it was my brother, and it was my grandmother, and these people who are gone. And then Christmas was my own kids. And now maybe I won't see one of my kids on Christmas. And that's soon they're going to have their own families and their own traditions, and that will change too. And as I started to think about how special Christmas is to me, it's changed and it's evolved. But there is one constant thing about Christmas, and that's the Savior, that he's always there. And that's what makes it so special. And yeah, as times change, who we see at Christmas time, it changes. And some of you listening have lost somebody this year, and I'm so sorry. And you're going to spend your first Christmas without that person. But what an amazing message that Christmas is, that he is born. The Savior of the world is born. And I'm grateful that as I continue to get older and new people come into my life and some of the people uh, who are very dear to me, we lose, that things change. And here I'm crying, my child didn't pass away. I'm just not going to see her on Christmas Day. And that's okay. What a blessing it is to have the Savior in my life. What a blessing it is to celebrate his birth It has changed the entire world, not just my world, but the entire world 
It's the single most important event that happened was that he was born, he took on a body and lived for me and died for me. What a wonderful thing we celebrate at Christmas time, and I am so grateful for it, that no matter what happens, no matter what changes, that at Christmas time, the one constant thing is Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening every week. It means the world to me. And I'm so grateful for these amazing guests that come on and testify of him whose birth we celebrate in this season, Jesus the Christ, our Savior. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. Again, I want to thank you so much for listening. We're going to take a few weeks off, and then we'll be back. Uh, If you know someone who might enjoy back episodes, if you have missed some of the back episodes, they're all available You can go to latterdaylives.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe it's a a good time to catch up if you get some free time. But if you know someone who would enjoy it and can share the show with them, fantastic. Please do. And until a few weeks from now, (laughs) please remember there really is a great, big, beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 